one sat alone beside the highway begging his eyes were blind the light he could not see he clutched his old rags and shivered in the shadows then jesus came and bade his darkness flee it's time to open the word once again with evangelist lester roloff on the family altar program for all is changed when jesus comes to stay time for the message you have your bible turn with me please to the book of matthew the book of matthew I believe the Lord has given me this morning an interesting message and a good one for those who come to hear out in Radio Land as well as in this Sunday morning service in Corpus Christi, Texas. We'll start reading in chapter 12. I'd like to introduce the message by saying this has been the generation of superman and supermen. Many years ago, little boys would put on their bed sheets and they were super men. They'd jump from buildings and hang from trees. They were super men. And from our, and, and may I say this all came from Genesis chapter 6. They had supermen. They said that uh, when the sons of God began to marry the daughters of men, they hatched out supermen. Men of renown, great giants and strong men. And that's what we face this generation. But they were without God and without Christ. America's supermen are about to be turned into pygmies and Tom Thumbs. God is bringing the wisdom of man to nothing but foolishness now. Man got him in a spaceship, blasted off from Florida shore. And in a little while, called back and said, I'm now into space traveling a lot faster than sound could ever go. Landing on the moon and walking around picking up pebbles and bringing them back. Superman. Where has it gotten us except in death? Wasn't anybody living on the moon? I don't think ever will till the Lord puts some heat up there. America, the land of supermen. But wait a minute. The infidels over in Russia have trotted out supermen and look like they've become super duper. And everybody's getting scared of Moscow. And they said they've outstripped us in their super building of armaments, guided missiles coming from unguided and unguided men, supermen. I got a message the Lord gave me this morning that ought to take the fear out of you. Ain't no doubt but what on the carnal side we're licked. America was strong as long as her faith was in Jesus. As long as that old Bible was opened around an old-fashioned fireplace. As long as the American people bowed their head at the table and said, Lord, 
I know where this food came from, and I want to thank the source of it, but not anymore. See, against the Lord to talk like that in a school cafeteria. Lord, you're not allowed in here. Get out. He said, all right. All right. You can read the Bible. No, no, don't you read the Bible in there. And let me tell you something, folks. It don't make a difference who you are, what color, what rank, or how did you get. When you, when you kick out the Bible, God's gone with it. And when you kick out the Bible, the Holy Spirit is gone with it. He'll not stay after his word and testimony is kicked out. Super men. What are we going to do when somebody comes that's stronger than we are and we got to face him? How are we going to have the victory? In uh, Matthew chapter 12, Verse 29. Or else, how can one enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods except he first bind the strong man and then he will spoil his house? Now turn with me to the book of Luke chapter 11. I believe one of the greatest chapters in the entire Gospel of Luke or the entire Bible concerning Christian living. The request was made in the first verse after Jesus had um, ceased from his praying. They said, Lord, teach us to pray. Verse 8, he's telling you how desperate and destitute you need to get. A man had a friend to come at midnight, and um, he didn't have any bread. Maybe he'd been hungry from walking. The neighbor he came to see, the friend didn't have anything to feed him. He came to his neighbor at midnight and said, Friend, lend me three loaves. man said he won't be able to do it. At least tonight, my door is shut. Look, children with me in bed. I cannot rise and give thee, verse 7. Verse 8, I say unto you, though he will not rise and give him because he is his friend, yet because of his importunity, he will rise and give him as many as he needeth. And then he gives those three tremendous words. Ask, it'll be given. Seek, you'll find. Knock, it shall be opened unto you for everyone that asketh receiveth. He that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be be open. If a son shall ask bread of any of you that's a father, will he give him a stone? If he ask a fish, will he give him for a fish a serpent? Or if he shall ask an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? Verse 13. If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more Shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to ask Him? Now we're talking about the Superman. Now you go a little further in that chapter and it um, deflates one of the prominent doctrines called Mariolatry, or the worship or praying to Mary, which of course is false, man made, built on tradition, dishonors Jesus Christ. And I'll give it to you. Verse 27, 
It came to pass as he spake these things, a certain woman of the company lifted up her voice and said unto him, Blessed is the womb that bare thee and the paps which thou hast sucked. But he said, Yea, rather blessed are they that hear the word of God and keep it. That ought to be made plain to everybody. Blessed is the woman that gave you birth. Jesus said, no. Blessed are those that hear and do the word of God that brings the new birth. That ought to stop any sort of blessed Mary, mother of God, pray for us now in the hour of our death. I simply say that, because, and I'm not against Catholics. They could be saved if they'd trust Jesus. But they're not going to be saved praying to Mary. The Bible said, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, not the name of Mary, but the name of Jesus. And I preach that because I love the Catholics, and I love everybody, and I want everybody to be saved. I've never seen a man mean enough that I wanted to go to hell. Never. I've never asked God to take anybody to hell. I've asked Him to save every person because it's not the will of the Father that one should perish, but that all should come to repentance. I'm preaching this morning on the subject of superman. Isaiah chapter 53, Who hath believed thy report, to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? He shall grow up before him as a tender plant, as a root out of a dry ground. He hath no form and comeliness. When we shall see him, there is no beauty. We should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men. A man of sorrows and acclaimed with grief. hid where our face is from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Brother, you talk about Superman, don't sound like one to me. When his eyes opened down here, they saw animals. And they didn't see an earthly father. When those little ears tuned in to the first sound, it might have been the bleeding of a little lamb that was also born in the stall next to Jesus. Oh, you'd say, Brother Olaf, what do you mean? Talking about Superman. I ain't through yet. I'm just getting started. I'm on the launching pad. We're blasting off in a little bit. Oh, listen. The thing that makes Jesus such a Superman, he had such an insignificant beginning. Only a Superman or a Super God could do what's fixing to be done. So poor. Oh, listen, Jesus stood one day. Maybe his, uh, his stomach might have been growling a little and said, I wish I had something to eat. And he looked up and saw the old fox going toward his hole and the cloud was coming. Maybe thunder was rolling and lightning flashing. He pointed to the old fox and said he'd got a hole to get in. I don't have any motel for the night. Oh, he looked up and saw that old eagle stretcher, majestic, wings and fly to that nest in the rock and said, she's got a nest. I don't have any place to lay my head tonight. Brother, you say, Superman, hold on. He's coming. Let's take a journey to Jordan now and see if we can get him located. It seems that even at the age of 12, his mother and foster father Joseph had moved off a number of days away from their precious 12-year-old boy called Jesus. They looked among the kinfolks and the friends and said, have you seen Jesus? They said, no, he's not with us. And brother, they backtracked. They took off back and found him sitting 
in the, among the intelligentsia of the day, asking questions and discussing the law and permanent and eternal things. And they said, uh, we've sought these sorrowing sons. Why have you dealt with us? And Jesus looked up, 12 years of age, wished you not that I must be about my father's business. Superman's coming. Joseph said, well, I know he's not talking about me because I'm not his father. He got another father somewhere. And then at Jordan River, when he said to John, you may take me into the baptism of water, baptize me. After John was convinced that he meant it, that he wasn't going to baptize John, he baptized him and the father opened up the heavens and said, this is my superman. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Holy Spirit came down through that hole in the sky and rested on Jesus. Brother, I give you one thing to understand. That's where the superman started right there. Oh, I don't mean that he wasn't super. It just means that he entered his public ministry. And may I remind all of you precious people here today, you may be an old rotten drunkard, dope head. You might have been a street traveler. You might have been selling and pushing and peddling sin and all the rest of it. But I'll guarantee you one thing. If you let Jesus in today, you'll have a superman on the inside. And he'll make a superman out of you. And so when he got, uh, when the Holy Spirit came down like a dove, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, all of them at the baptismal waters, and so was the devil. And we're going to see the next picture. I saw this morning better than I've ever seen before how that the flesh came to the end of the trail in Jesus, just like we must. He went in the wilderness knowing he was going to face the devil and the flesh would be weak. Forty days he went without a bite or a morsel of bread which means the flesh was gone. There's not much left to the flesh when you fast 40 days and 40 nights. And so it's not going to be a battle of the flesh. And so at the close of the 40 days, the devil came and tempted him. And I believe in the, this experience, we see the admission, we see the submission, and we see the commission of Jesus to his complete trust in the Holy Spirit. I believe it was there that he literally put on the whole armor of God. I know he was, but he was going through what he knew we might face a similar experience and we'd know how to do it and how to meet it. And now the devil comes up. The devil makes a suggestion like he does to us. You're hungry, your fast is over. He didn't come in the middle of the fast. You know, the devil is super. Did you know that? Did you know the devil is supernatural? You see, when you, when you don't recognize the power of the devil, you may not confess your need for the power of Christ. If you'll ever learn, and I don't like to talk about the devil, certainly as much as I do Jesus, but we need to realize that we're bucking some tide when we buck the devil himself. And so he met Jesus, and Jesus, the Word, used, the Word to defeat the devil. But I remind you of something else, and that's what we're facing today. The devil used the same weapon to fight Jesus with. 
Now, that's what the modernists do. Oh, they said, why, we've got the Revised Standard Version. Why, we have good news for modern man. And uh, we have the uh, various translations that make it so simple for everybody to understand. That's exactly what the devil said to Eve. Don't you think I'm coming up here as an infidel? I'm coming up here to have a Bible conference with you. All I want to do is raise a question about the Word of God. That's all the world's doing. That's what they've done for the last 60, 75 years, and they've left us in the land of uh, humanistic and infidel uh, practice. And so the devil was defeated by the Word. Number three, Jesus came to grips with hunger and famine. Everything we've ever faced, he faced for me while he lived here. They were in the wilderness. Jesus was teaching. Days passed. People lost themselves at the feet of Jesus and at the word, the wonderful words that flowed like a river from the immortal lips of a wonderful Savior. And the disciples came and said, these people are going to starve to death. They're getting hungry. And uh, send them away. He said, no, give you them to eat. He said, with what? What do you have? Five loaves, two fishes. And Jesus came to grips with the hunger and the famine of fifteen or 20,000 people. He took what the little boy surrendered to him from his basket. He fed 15,000 or 20,000, 5,000 men, plus all the rest of them that were there. I simply say to you, dear friend, that if you and I trust the Lord, he's going to look after us during the days of famine. I believe that our Lord still wants to protect us today. We have a super man called Jesus. Hunger didn't stop him. i tell you something else. He stood on a storm-tossed ship deck and said, Peace, be still. He conquered the elements and gave victory and peace. And the waves laid down like trained dogs. Across the street he walked in the cemetery at Bethany. That dread monster called death. The last stop of people who are living down here. Every man. Bible said it's given unto man once to die. And the man had died, and four days later, Jesus was guided to the tombstone or either to the grave. Flowers had wilted if they had any. And Jesus said, where have you laid him? And they said, he's been dead too long. Jesus said, did I not say that if thou believest, thou would see the glory of God. And Jesus called his name and said, Lazarus, get up. And Lazarus came forth. That's Superman. You didn't do it. You can't do it. I cannot do it. And then there came a time when he came to grips with government. He came to grips with the three enemies that sought to do me in. He met a godless government, the establishment. He met organized religion. And he met the news media that was as wicked as they are today, the scribes. He put more woes on the scribes than any other group of his day. If you don't believe it, read Matthew 23. You'd say, government stamped the papers and said, kill him. I don't find anything wrong with him. Take him yourself, crucify him. You want him, you've been after him, get him. Let's get it over with. They sealed the papers. He put him on a Roman cross. And Jesus had seven tremendous things to say while he suffered, bled, and died. And then 
He said, it's finished. And a little while a rich man came and said, I'd appreciate having his body. He took him out to a new tomb and laid him away. The government boys came along, set up a big stone and sealed it and put the most powerful seal in the world at that time on that stone and said, that'll get him. But uh, we better be sure. Sixteen soldiers came marching out with their swords, trained professional killers, took their stand around uh, that tomb where the Son of God had been placed, a lifeless form lay in that tomb. These 16 brave soldiers stood there making their threats, spitting out their profanity, no doubt, daring the lonely Galilean to climb out of that tomb or the little old handful of disciples to come and try to steal him away. But on that Sunday morning, when that seal was cracked and the government failed to hold its prey. And Jesus stepped forth out of the grave. And 16 men fell back like dead men. You know why? Superman has come. Oh, yes, brother. We have a Superman. And I believe in him. That's why you see this building practically filled with people and half of them or more are those that have been redeemed almost in the last 12 months. I'm simply saying that Jesus is just as super as he's ever been. I'm thankful, dear friend, that I know him who's altogether lovely, and he's coming back again. Thank you for joining us today on the Family Altar Program with Lester Roloff.